Welcome to the Grace Chapel Podcast. This week we're listening to our senior pastor, Christopher Chetland. More resources to further and grow your identity with Christ can be found at gracechapel.org.au. There you can find books, audio recordings, videos, and much more. Because everyone has a natural faith. There's a natural faith inside of everyone, and all, all the books... All the books on the uh, uh, power of uh, positive thinking, I, I raised this issue last, last time we were speaking, say so all the books on the power of positive thinking support the fact that, yes, everyone has that natural faith. Everybody has the ability to believe. But when we start to talk about Christian faith, the, the faith of the Christian is only activated when it's motivated by the touch of God. And, and, uh, and so when, when, we, when we first get that touch from God and we receive Christ as Saviour, born again, and, and, and that, that changes uh, our lives, something happens to us when we're born again. But then later, when we get baptised with the Holy Spirit, whammo, I mean, that, that's, a real, that, that's a real power pack, isn't it? It's a real power pack. And, and, and when you think about the, the positive faith teaching, positive faith teaching may lead people away from God as easily as it leads towards him. Uh, many, many people who, who have no faith in Jesus Christ at all are, are great believers in the power of positive thinking and, and they're very successful because of it. And so positive thinking faith is able to lead people away from God as easily as towards him. But biblical faith is more than, more than a natural attribute. Biblical faith is not a natural ap- attribute. It's a supernatural attribute. It's a faith that cannot exist apart from the life force touch of God. And that's the great thing about supernatural faith. So, so our faith in Christ, our faith in Christ uh, is only, is only uh, set alight by the power of God, by the Spirit of God, and it, uh, and it only maintains its life force from God. And we have to understand that. <laughs> so, excuse me, the Bible says that faith is both a gift of the Spirit and it is a fruit of the Spirit. And, um, and, and so Christians have to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that their faith may be constantly nourished and strengthened and, and we need to understand that the purpose, the purpose of Christianity, the whole, the whole purpose of the Christian faith is to do the will of God. Not to do our will, but to do his will. And so we really need to, we really need to uh, in our lives, we need to come to that point where we know what is the will of God for me? What is the will of God for me personally? And that, that, that's for every single person. For no Christian can ever reach their full potential uh, for meeting the purposes of God in their life without knowing that. Uh, how, how, can we ever, uh, how can we ever understand the true nature of the promises of God without his help for us to understand that? And that's why I think that Paul prayed that prayer in uh, Ephesians 1 where he prays that God would give us a spirit of, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's so important, isn't it? 
that, that we would have a that we'd have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's all about Jesus, not about us. It's about him. And we can believe. We can believe. But until God opens our eyes and imparts to us a divine revelation of who and what we are through the Holy Spirit, our faith will never rise above the natural level. We, we, have to, we have to get switched on, as it were, by the power of God. We've got, it's, like, it's like the electricity, isn't it? You know, somebody, somebody turns you off at the mains, you've got a problem. The toaster won't work, the jug won't work, you know, nothing wants to work. Go back to the mains. The other day, I was uh, in the van, I thought, I thought, I'll turn the telly on. I went to turn the telly on, it wouldn't go on. And I noticed that the power wasn't switched on there. So... Uh, I went and did a little bit of checking, found everything was so working outside, and so I thought, oh, yeah, better check the fuse box. Check the fuse box, fuse was out, get the fuse back in, away we go. And we all need that fuse in, though. We need that fuse plugged in. If we haven't got the fuse plugged in, we ain't going to get too far. So we really need to, we really need to get hold of that, that uh, revelation from God what does God want for my life? What does, you know, that's the question we have to ask each and every one of us. What, what is God's intention for me personally? Because every, everyone in this room, God has a, God has a different, uh, uh, God has a different requirement for your life. He doesn't, we're not all supposed to be like, like we, you know, we can't all be like me, we can't all be like Don, like Sue, like, you know, we're not supposed to be clones of each other. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be uh, motivated by the power of God to do his will. And, um, and that's one of the amazing things. And I, look back, I look back over the years and I think, goodness me, the, the, number, of, the number of times when uh, you know, I've laid hands on people who I, I really thought um, it's almost a waste of time laying hands on them, you know, people who've been so terminally sick, terminally ill. And I thought, well, there's not much point in this, but you lay hands on them and they get well in. And um, I, I remember, uh, you remember Jim and Hazel, um, what was their name? Sue, you'd remember them. Hazel and Jim. Cattell. Cattell, yeah. Hazel and Jim Cattell. And, and Jim Cattell was in hospital. Very, very sick, and uh, I thought I'll. I used to like Jim. I used to pop in and see Jim a fair bit, so we had a bit of a friendship there, and Hazel as well. And and uh, I heard that he was in hospital and very sick, and so sick that they had flown uh, his daughter from Canada, had been flown back to Australia in a hurry because Dad wasn't expected to live for for more than a few days at the most. So uh, she came in from from Canada. Uh, I, I happened to go up to the hospital to visit him and as I walked into the ward I, I realised that he was at the end bed on the left hand side and I walked in I saw Hazel and I saw the others there and, and so I, I sort of started to back out because I just sort of walked into the ward I started to back out to, to make myself scarce because I didn't want to butt in on family time and Hazel happened to look up and she saw me and she said oh Chris she said, come 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 and she called me in and and uh, I, I, uh, when I went in, I, I, I greeted and met the daughter and, and then uh, went to the bed and Jim was awake and, and I t- 
took his hand and I pushed his pyjama I pushed his pyjama coat up a little bit and I rubbed him and said, hey, Jim, catch my health, catch my health. I've done that on more than one occasion, catch my health. And, um, and uh, I stood back and, and the daughter said, uh, what, a, what a lovely thing to say. She, she, was, she was so impressed. What a lovely thing to say, catch my health, you know. But the, the following day he was out of hospital. You know, and, and that's amazing, isn't it? Because I had the same thing happen with the bishop over in uh, John Masika took me out to see this bishop who'd been bedridden with a sickness. And I don't know what it was, but, but he was a sick man, couldn't get out of bed. And I did the same there. I just, you know, and, and they were expecting me to say all these wonderful words of prayer because, because I'll tell you, the, the Africans, the, the black people in Africa, they really know how to pray. I mean, when, when you're in their midst and they pray, boy, they just call out to God and, 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 and they are just so unique with their prayers. And, and I'm, I always feel ashamed alongside them because hey, they've got all these wonderful words and me, I'm just saying, well, God, please heal him. You know, very basic. And, um, and of course, they did the same there where I just rubbed him and said, here, catch my health, catch my health. And... Uh, and the following day he's up and around and perfectly healed and you think, isn't God good? Come on, is God good? I reckon God's pretty good. And so, and so um, it doesn't matter how much we believe unless God opens our eyes and imparts to us a divine revelation of who and what we are in him through the power of the Holy Spirit, then our faith will be unable to rise above a natural level which is basically worthless to God except for the foundation it gives for us to build the true Christian grace of faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. It all comes back to the Holy Spirit. Are you walking, you know, you you could buy books on how to walk in the Spirit. Well, it's a load of rubbish because, you know, how, how, how do you walk full stop? How do you walk? It's like how do you climb a ladder? Well, one rung at a time, you know. How do you walk? How do you walk in Jesus? Well, just one step at a time, and and very very often, very often it's when we do something. And then there are times when when we miss the opportunity, and later we look back and think, "Darn it! I had a perfect opportunity then to do something." I had this unique experience. Uh, John Masika was. We were driving back in. We'd do, we'd, just, we'd come into Nakuru from Joro. And as we were driving up the main street there, uh, the traffic was very heavy, and it, but it was quite quick. And, and all of a sudden, out from the side, someone ran out from the crowd and whoosh, boom, straight into a car, and his body went up in the air and came down and uh, hit the deck. And I knew, I knew instantly that I should, I should go and lay hands on him. And I jumped out of the car, and I got John yelling at me, get, get back, get back, you're in danger, because there's a mob... Is a mob form straight away, and uh, they are dangerous situations. Yeah? And, but I knew that I should go and lay hands on him and command him to come to life because his body was shaking and jumping around, you know. And, and when John, John yelled out at me, don't, don't go there, get back, get back, get back, my natural senses came in, and instead of going and following, following the spirit, I followed the natural man, got back in the car, got back into safety. And I've, I've regretted that. If, 
every day basically since I've regretted it because I really believe that God gave me the opportunity to have a miracle that was going to really bring enormous change to that country and I missed it. You ever think like that? You ever think that you've been in that situation where, where you could have said something or done something that may have changed the course of history in that area in, for those people and you've missed out? Boy, I've missed out so many times, so many times. And I have people say to me, they say, oh, man, you've done such great things. And I think, great things? I've missed the mark. How many times I've missed the mark? You know? You understand what I'm saying? You know? Now, some of you may never have missed the mark, but me, I've missed it so many times. And, and, uh, and like I say, it doesn't matter how much we believe. Unless God opens our eyes and imparts that divine revelation of who we are in him, and who we, who, what we are through the Holy Spirit, then our faith is unable to rise above the natural level. And natural faith is worthless to God. All, all natural faith can ever do is give us a foundation on which to build true Christian faith, which comes through the power of the Spirit. <coughs> In Galatians 5 and verse 22. Uh, Galatians 5, we might as well read it while we've got it. The book of Galatians is such an important book. And pe- people don't, pe- people don't uh, very often Christians, they want to read just about everything else. They don't really take much notice of the book of Galatians. But, but the book of Galatians is such, a, such an important book for us to read as Christians because of the stuff it gives us. And so we go to chapter 5 of Galatians and, and then we get to verse 20, 22. It says, but, you know, and, and, and before that, it goes through the list of the things which a natural man, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You can practice as much love as you like. You can practice as much joy as you like. You can practice as much peace as you like. You can practice all the long-suffering and all the gentleness and all the goodness and all the faith. You can, you can practice all the meekness and temperance for there are no, there's no law against those things. God says, look, get out there and do those things. Get out there and do those things. And it goes on and says, those who are Christ, those those who have put themselves under the mastery of of Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts of the flesh. We all struggle with that one, don't we? We all struggle with that one. I mean, let's face it, when, 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 when somebody puts nice hot scones out of the oven with, uh, with, with, uh, with nice bit of uh, strawberry jam on top and a dollop of cream, hey, come on, how many, how many can say no thank you? The flesh overcomes, doesn't it? You know, it, 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 it's very, very hard. You know, somebody puts nice hot scones with, with uh, strawberry jam and a dollop of cream on top and says, now, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm fasting today. <laughs> well, I reckon I'd break the fast pretty quick, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd say, well, God, I'll fast tomorrow. The flesh would take over very quick, wouldn't it? I mean... Right, some think so, some are sure. 
And so the Galatians is, is, is uh, so important, Galatians 5.22. And, 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 and what this does is it shows us that our faith will grow as we live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit will lead us to do the things that God wants us to do. The Holy Spirit will lead us to be what he wants us to be. So what does God want you to be? You know, God doesn't want us all to be like little clones. He doesn't want us all to be the same. God deliberately made us different. You know, I mean, he gave some people height and he gave some people width. Some people, some people have to use their brains and other people can use their strengths. But whatever the call of God is in our life, our faith will enable us to reach it And without God-inspired faith, we can never begin to do the will of God. And without God-inspired faith, we can never, ever receive his promise. For the things of the Spirit can only be understood and acted upon by Spirit-breathed faith. Spirit-breathed faith. That's what it's all about. And then we go to, uh, well, uh, if you go to 1, 1 Corinthians, well, we might as well go from the beginning, okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I would not have you ignorant. So Paul is laying this on the line. He says, now listen carefully. Family, when, we, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know there was a time when, when you, were, you were, as the other nations, carried away, worshipping dumb idols. And so I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God ever will call Jesus accursed. No one, no one who has the spirit of God involved in their life can use Jesus as a swear word. And also, no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Ghost. We, we really, we really recognise Jesus' lordship over us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are diversities of gifts but they all come from the same spirit. So many gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And, and so it, it's, like, it's, like, um, it's like in a country, there, there, are, there are many different administrations. You, you, got, uh, you, know, you, you have uh, people in charge of various, various um, uh, governmental uh, bodies, so many administrations, but the same, the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The, the, the manifestation of the Spirit of God is not just for one person to, to enjoy it at the time. It's, it's, it's for the body to be blessed. 
And so to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Someone gets a word of wisdom. And, 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 and you'll actually find some, sometimes, sometimes we'll pop, someone will pop up with, with a word at, uh, the right word at the right time and you think back, boy, that was, that was... You never would have expected that person to come out with that. But they did. And the Spirit of God has, has just prompted something. And very often it's someone who we wouldn't credit for having that sort of knowledge. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And then another one, we'll have the working of miracles. To another, prophecy, discerning of spirits, uh, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And so, yes, there will be times... That doesn't mean all the time. One of the, one of the faults with Pentecost is that it got that way. Of, I remember particularly with the Apostolic Church, uh, if you didn't have three people bring a, bring a message in tongues and three lots of interpretation, you, you know, the Spirit hadn't worked the day. And so it became like a form. And Don, you would have seen churches like that in your time, wouldn't you? No? So much. Yeah. But the Apostolic Church was, was very strong in that that you had to have three people who would, who would speak in tongues. So all of a sudden in the meeting someone would speak in tongues and someone would interpret and yet you had know, three lots of speaking in tongues and three lots of interpretations and very often they were conflicting. And in verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. You know, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The head can't say to the, to, 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 the, to the toe, I don't need you. But by one spirit, we're all baptised into one body. Whether we're Jew or of, of other nations, whether bond or free, we've all been made a drink of the one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, <laughs> can it be separated? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it not a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now faith is the key. Faith is the key. And God has set every member in the body as it has pleased him. So each of us, each of us are integral and equal you know. How many times I've heard, I've heard Christians say, I, I wish I could be like so-and-so. Why? You know? Being happy to be who you are, I think that's the most important thing of the lot. Being happy to be who you are. And it doesn't matter who, who you are, it doesn't matter how great you might, might think you are, no one can be sufficiently free of doubt to have mountain-moving faith unless God gives it to him. It's got to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. It has to come that way. So Christian faith has possibilities as big as God himself. But Christian faith is limited to the direction of the Holy Spirit. 
We have, to, we have to be attuned to the Holy Spirit. What is he calling us to do? For it's only in the Holy Spirit that we can believe only for those things which God has purposed in our lives. What does God, God really want you to do? And if we get outside of that area, then we, we leave ourselves open to presumption and ultimate ruin. It's not for us to presume. You know, I remember, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and you know, going back in the year 2000 when, uh, when I went down to Hobart, when I was travelling backwards and forwards to Hobart, sorting out the mess that had happened in the church down there. Pastor had gone off the rails, over $300,000 worth of debt to the church and... and uh, a church that had had a couple of hundred members down to just a dozen, just a faithful dozen left, and such a mess. And uh, and God called me to sort it out. And uh, Dudley Cooper said to me later, he said, you know, he said out of all, all the pastors in the crusade, he said there wasn't another pastor could do what you did. He said, but there didn't need to be, did there? You <laughs> know? Had to be someone who could walk walk that line between between uh, one side and the other, uh, and what had happened that the, the church had taken sides. One one side was following one man, another side the other man, and oh, it was just a disaster. One of the, one of the, one of the accusations that's often levelled against the church these days is, "Oh, it's just another superstition." But faith is not superstition. Faith is not superstition. And, and, and neither is faith accepting what we're told. True faith can only be based on, on the knowledge of the word of God and knowing Jesus Christ. Without, without, without having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ And without having a knowledge of the word of God, you can't really develop true faith. So it's, it's so vital, it's just so vital that, that we read our Bibles. It's so vital that we spend time in the scripture. So biblical faith always has to be linked up with scripture and with Christ. Romans 10.17 says that knowledge of the word of God leads us to faith that comes from hearing the word of God. It's not good enough to just read it, we need to hear it. And some, sometimes it does, does good to, to read the Bible aloud so that as you're reading it aloud, you're getting it back, back, you're taking in, you're getting it back through your ears as well as your eyes. I, I still practice that sometimes, you know. The other day I, I, uh, I read the book of Ezra, I, I, you know, I got the thought, I haven't read the book of Ezra for a while, haven't, haven't got into the book of Ezra, so I opened up the Bible and I read, I read the first six chapters of the book of Ezra out aloud so that I'm not just reading it but I'm getting it back in, back in, back in. 
Romans 10, 17 says, Knowledge of the word of God leads us to a faith that comes from hearing the word of God. Notice that it comes. It doesn't just happen. Faith doesn't just happen. Faith comes. And faith, faith and the word are linked. Faith and the word are linked together. And faith without the word is, is just a dead letter and an empty promise. Faith without that word is just a dead letter and an empty promise. It's very, very important that we understand that. You know, the, the, when, the Wednesday night meetings that you're having together, you're having fun with them? How's your, your meeting going good fun? Getting into scripture, you know, you raise questions, get some answers. And so faith, faith is based on knowledge of the word of God. And there are three ways that faith may come from the word. Faith comes from having the word in your head, having memorising. There's, there's, there's absolutely no substitute for reading the Bible. And there's, neither is there any substitute for hearing the word of God preached. One, one thing that we've always, always maintained here in this church is that it's always been a very, very word-based church, very much based on the word. And we know that faith comes by hearing, but it also comes by reading and by meditating on the word of God. And, and uh, Psalm 1 starts off, says, Blessed is the man. Blessed. Blessed is the man. If you just go to, to um, the book of Psalms for a moment. Go right back to Psalm 1. If you're not sure where it is, it goes after the book of Job. So blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man, in other words, blessed is the man who ignores what comes out of the mouth of those that don't believe God. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't, he, he does, he doesn't get his... He, he doesn't get his uh, he, um, he, doesn't, he doesn't get his close friendship with, with sinners. Now the Bible doesn't say that we can't mix with sinners. In fact, we have to mix with sinners. If we want to win souls, we're going to have to mix with sinners. But blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Where is the word of God? Well, it's in your, it's in your heart, isn't it? It's in your mouth. It's, it's close to you. You can't get away from it. And the man who has his delight in the law of the Lord should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That tree brings forth fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. And then he goes on and says, hey, the ungodly aren't like that. The ungodly aren't like that. 
The ungodly are ultimately like chaff, which the wind drives away. And of course, these days, these days, you don't see the winnowing of the of the corn like it used to be when I was a kid. <coughs> I, I remember when uh, when we were living down at Graysley, so I'm going back to the 19, 1949, 1950s, early early 1950s, uh, when 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 um, when uh, uh, men would still be using a scythe. Out in out in the uh, paddock, um, wealthy people, of course, they had their machinery, but um, but men were still cutting with a scythe, and then and then stooking up the the uh, stooking the the uh, corn into sheaves. And then the winnowing of the corn. And, and, and uh, the separating of the corn from, from the chaff. And uh, Don would have seen this in his day where you'd have a cloud. You know, a cloud of dust would be, what, 100 feet high or more, wouldn't it? Um, the, the threshing machine would be working and, and, and the, the corn's coming out in, in the sack. But the dust would be going... It's a wonder we didn't all... Uh, it's a wonder we didn't all um, get something with it serious with our lungs because, boy... It says, the ungodly are not so, they're like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The ungodly won't stand with the godly. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And we need to have, we really need to have a love for our Bibles. You know, such a wonderful book. Such a wonderful book. So faith comes by hearing. Faith cannot exist alone, but it must focus on someone or something. So our faith needs to focus in on Christ and the Bible in that order. Christ first and the Bible. Of course, if you, if, you, if you haven't met Jesus yet, then you need to focus on the Bible, don't you? Because as you focus on the Bible, you're going to meet Jesus. And of course, if you're going to focus on Jesus, you're going to meet with the Bible. It's a sort of two-way thing, isn't it? It works both ways. If you love the Lord, you spend time in the Bible. If you spend time in the Bible, you finish up loving the Lord. I remember the story of... of um, I remember the story of a couple of men who were in jail and, and, uh, and one of them found a, a Gideon's Bible. And, and, but the interesting thing was this man, he, he was a smoker and he had tobacco but he ran, out of, he ran out of paper to roll his cigarettes with. And he happened to notice that this little, by this little New Testament that someone had put in, in the uh, cell, he noticed that it, it was... Made it rice paper. You know some of the Bibles you can buy with rice paper? Made of rice paper? So he found that the little, the little New Testament in, in his cell had uh, rice paper pages. So he said, oh, wacko. So he was able to roll his tobacco in that. But he thought, he thought well, really, he said, I, I, I don't want to waste a book. What I'll do, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read the page 
before I roll my cigarette for it. And so he would read, read the page, he would read the page both sides and roll his tobacco and smoke it. And then the next page would come, he would read the next page both sides and roll it up for his tobacco and smoke it. And he became a Christian. Became a Christian. Got that, he got so far in and he, didn't, he, he found he was smoking less and reading more. And he gradually turned around to when, and he became a confirmed Christian. Reading the word of God. So faith comes by hearing, but faith, faith cannot exist alone. It has to focus on someone or something. And, and as we focus ourselves on the Bible, if, if, you're struggling, if you're struggling with the faith to believe what you feel you should believe, then get into your Bible because I tell you, it's such a dangerous book because the more you read it, the more you're going to love God. And there are so many voices, so many voices in this world calling for our attention. You know, you turn the television on, you've got adverts saying, go here, go there, buy here, buy there, do this, do that. Many voices in the world, all calling for our attention. But we have to develop an ear to listen to the word of God if we're to have the faith of God working in our life. We need to remember that head knowledge alone will not bring mountain-moving faith. Mental understanding is useless without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So all, all the knowledge that we have is no good without it's linked up to the power of the Holy Spirit. So when the, and when the Holy Spirit takes a, a passage of scripture and burns it into your heart, burns it into your heart, you will come to the inward conviction of its truth and your knowledge will be driven by that faith. I remember, I can remember very clearly, uh, um, I think it was Isaiah 30, 18, as I was reading the Bible, I'll be going back to 1970, 72, 73, somewhere around there, maybe 1974, Isaiah 30, 18. And it says, and therefore the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you, for the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they who wait on him. And as I, as I, as I read that scripture, I saw my entire life. I saw my entire life. Faith has to have a promise to claim. Faith has to be directed to something. If we're sick, we turn to God's word that says, I'm the Lord that heals. The Holy Spirit burns that into our soul. But Jesus is the great physician and our faith turns the promise into reality. Faith turns the promise into reality. Thank you for joining us. We'd love to connect with you through our social media. Just search for Grace Chapel AU.